one. And we are recording with biostatistician Christine Cotton. And uh, I've talked about this before on this podcast, how I I have my own rule where if I don't know if someone's a doctor, I just assume they're a doctor because no one will ever be upset if you call them a doctor and they're not. And of course, I was wrong today. I said, Dr. Cotton, and you said, I'm not a doctor. And then the one or two times I wasn't sure and I didn't say doctor, I was corrected by the guest and they said, actually, I'm a doctor. So uh, I can't win. Um, uh, Dr. McCullough recommended I have you on in, in your report about Pfizer, Pfizer efficacy, uh, adverse offense and waning antibody levels and immunization levels. And also for a first time in my life, uh, I've been told that I have a, a difficult accent, which I've um, I've never been told that before. So this is actually an interesting experience for me. Um, I have been told I speak quickly before. I have a friend from Bulgaria and a friend from Kosovo, and they both told me I talk too fast. So that will be my critique. I will I will try to talk more more slowly. And would it help if I put out a French accent? Would that make it easier to talk if I like also had a French accent? I don't know if that would. Would it? No? You're giving me a no? All right. Well, Miss Cotton, please introduce yourself for all of the listeners. Thank you, Tommy. And thank thank you for talking slowly. I will talk. <laughs> so uh, I, I have been a biostatistician for 23 years. So the role of the biostatistician is to write the methodology of a clinical trial and to run the statistical analysis. So I had my own company and specialized in clinical trials. I have um, several services that, such as data management. That's the service in charge of the, um, the, the website to uh, record all the data and uh, statistical uh, service service where we had to run the analysis of clinical trials. So I have worked uh, in all study phases, one, two, three, four, in uh, several uh, therapeutic domains, uh, cardiology, dermatology, endocrinology, gastric, odontology, pneumology, central nervous system, uh, urology, virology, many things. Um, I've worked for uh, big uh, companies such as uh, Avantis, Bayer, um, Roche, Ipsen, Servier, Janssen Silag, Medtronic, Menarini, Pfizer, I think, a small study for Pfizer, um, Pierre Fabre, French. Uh, French company, Sanofi, uh, and several hospitals uh, or associations. Um, and I've uh, worked, I've been work, worked on, uh, been working, um, I worked on uh, almost, I think, 500 clinical trials. And I read, because when you have a cl client, uh, when he asks for um, a quotation, uh, um, you read the protocol. So I think I've read almost 1,000 protocols in my life. Good Lord. So I, I can see where there is a problem in, to the protocol and when there is a problem to the results. For, for the Pfizer uh, studies, um, in your report, which I can, I can put a link to it in the description for anybody that wants to read it. Um, so you're just saying before we start recording that the main problems are uh, they knew that there was waning immunization. They knew that there were adverse effects. And uh, what was it? They knew there's waning, uh, sorry, waning antibodies. They knew there was adverse effects and they didn't incorporate these changes and actively what suppressed them or covered them up or weren't honest. But regardless, because of this, we can't trust the studies. It's, it's the system itself is it's flawed, it's falsified. So you kind of have to throw the whole thing out. Yeah. So uh, w w to fully understand the, the issues, you have to understand that in clinical trials, we have many rules, uh, what we call guidelines, and they were set up uh, to homogenize practices all over the world. And this way to to be um, 
easier to to read for agencies for authorities and of course to ensure the safety of the person participating into the research and also to uh, uh, have integrity what we call integrity and accuracy of the data so this um, um, all the, these documents are called good clinical practices. And if you have violation to good clinical practices, maybe you can have on the market products that are not safe or not efficient, maybe both. And that's why you have all the people involved into a clinical trial as to follow uh, the good clinical practices of his um, domain uh, or, or, or job. And uh, if it doesn't, maybe we, you can have problems. So you, you have seen, I, I suppose, the, the case of Brooke Jackson, who says that there is a violation of good clinical practices into the Vantavia centers. And uh, if you have many violations into many centers, of course, your data are not, uh, and you are not sure of the, of your data and then of your results. So uh, my report is an evaluation of the clinical trial regarding good clinical practices. So uh, the major point is that um, when Pfizer writes the protocol we are in uh, april 2020 or maybe before uh, in this protocol you plan several visits and in these visits you will measure many stuff many things uh, such as the record of adverse events you will measure maybe lab laboratory data with some um, blood samples uh, you will measure uh, physical um, measurements, uh, many things, uh, if the, the patient is okay, and, and so on. And if you don't plan to measure the neutralizing antibodies at uh, three months after those two, so after complete vaccination, of course, you can't see and you can show the winning of immunization. You, you, you follow yes. me? Yes. So you have uh, those one, those two, measurement of antibodies and measurement of antibodies, you you see that it begins to uh, drop. And then here, you don't measure. Oh, good. <laughs> and then in December 2020, you present your document uh... to the FDA to have your approval. And into the... Uh, French authorities uh, document. It is written, uh, Pfizer uh, is studying a boost December 2020. So <laughs> why don't you measure the un neutralizing antibodies, which are your criterion to measure the immunization? Why, Tommy? <laughs> yeah. Explain it's, me this. Why? Well, <clears throat> you know, there's two ways to explain it. Am I explaining it as Tommy or am I explaining it as a shareholder of, of Pfizer <laughs> stock? If I'm if I'm if I'm explaining it as a as a member of the the uh, the board of directors on Pfizer, I'd say you need to stop spreading misinformation. You're hurting the public. But in reality, I mean, so the first thing that comes to my mind is is this isn't the first clinical study ever. Why was this allowed to happen? Why, you know, why did normal safeguards not happen? And I think the, I think the question answers itself. This was a pandemic. This wasn't something like the, you know, the creation of penicillin or, or, uh, or Oxycontin or something that it was a product brought to market and had many flaws, but there was real no emergency for it. The only thing I can conclude is safeguards failed to go into effect because it was a pandemic. We're all in this sort of, I mean, immediately after 9-11, right? You have America just, we're buying every weapon. 
We're using every program. We got to invade Iraq. We don't have time to talk about it. And it's not until 20 years later that you look back and go, oh, that was all bullshit. So I think that question answers itself. I think the bigger question is this. And that there's already an answer to it. Again, it depends on how you answer it as a citizen or as a Pfizer member. Did they know about these shortcomings? Did they consciously cover up? On one hand, and it's what you would like to believe, is that they were just trying their hardest to because it's a pandemic and they kind of screwed up. I don't believe that because of the history of Pfizer just 30 years ago with the Sackler family and the Purdue family and the opioid payouts and the, what, $3.2 billion fine, largest fine in pharmaceutical history, that's right in the rearview mirror. You then have to ask how many people knew in governments, did they know at all that these drugs were not effective? Or was there some sort of like, hey, shut up, we have to deliver something to the market? Or... Is it a bunch of guys at Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca? They're all looking together and going, we're about to make so much money. Don't you dare screw this up. So uh, what I didn't say, it's so you don't plan in April 2020 to measure this. So, but in September, you have your result on the macaques. <laughs> and then you see on the macaques that your antibodies, neutralizing antibodies, uh, you, you have the increase and then you have beginning of fall. And then you, you just measure two months after those two and stop. Yeah. No measurement after. So you knew, you know, at this time on the macaques that there is a probability, because I'm a biostatistician, that the antibodies will fall on the humans. So maybe you can add a visit to measure on the humans to be sure that the drop will not be on the human, but you don't. So it's really this this thing to not measure the neutralizing antibodies, which is the the criterion on which you say uh, you have your immunity for COVID nineteen. It you you can't find an answer for this. It's not possible. It's not a, a, a question of feasibility because it's easy to to add a visit. Uh, it's not a question of uh, um, med med medical uh, thing because why uh, you, you don't know really what is the disease. COVID nineteen, it's new disease. You don't you don't know. You have just find uh, your product uh, a few months ago. It's new product, never used on humans, uh, and you you don't measure. You can find for me, you don't measure, but because you don't want to see and you don't want to show, because you know that we you will have a fall away, and you know this, and you clearly study at the time a booster because you know that you will need a booster. Yeah, and a few months later. In September 2021, they say, oh, uh, unfortunately, the, the immunity, you have a, a wane in immunity. Oh, so bad. So you will need a booster. So good, because we, we have our booster on study since the beginning. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, <clears throat> it's um, it's Pfizer or the Sackler family selling you Oxycontin. And then after 10 years of being addicted... They go, hey, don't worry, because nine years ago, we started studying something called Suboxone, which is meant to help you get off. And it's like, hold on. When did you start this? If you started it after 10 years of addiction, you realize there's a problem. OK, now you're just, you know, I get it. You're maybe trying to cover for your mistakes, whatever. But if you start selling Oxycontin in 1990 and then in 2000, you go, hey, since 1991, we've been discovering something to get you off of Oxycontin. Yeah. You're looking at going, wait, what the fuck? Like how long for nine years so you knew this yeah it was just a hunch that that seems fraudulent at best and a crime against humanity at worst would you agree or am i putting words uh, it's difficult for me to sure to say crime crime against humanity because i'm just a biostatistician sure. and uh i 
um, then it's at least statistical fraud. My role of biostatistics. Sure. No, 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 I get, I but, get you. But uh, this trial is the worst I've ever seen in 23 years of biostatistics and the worst. So you have this point, very important. And you have another point. You have a FDA meeting in October 2020 where a guy uh, that it is the YouTube video just shows um, a slide uh, with a list of possible adverse outcomes due to vaccine. And I, I have the, the slide here. I'm going to read just all the safety problems, possible problems. So you have Guillain-Barré syndrome, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, transverse myelitis, convulsions, stroke, narcolepsy, anaphylaxis, acute myocardial infarction, myocarditis, uh, pericarditis, autoimmune disease, death, pregnancy and birth outcomes, other acute demyeli demyelinating disease, thrombocytopenia, venous thromb thromboembolism, etc., etc., etc. And then on this list, Pfizer writes what we call a, um, a, a plan. It's, ah, um, oh, I can't remember the name. So you will cut, please. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a risk management plan. So Pfizer writes a risk management plan in December 2020 when he has the uh, emergency use authorization by the FDA. And in this uh, document, normally you have all the possible risks identified from the, preview, the, the, the clinical trial and maybe some risks that you have identified from other uh, vaccines or or maybe uh, COVID-19 itself, or I don't know. And in this document, they just put um, vaccine enhanced disease. It's the um, worsening of the disease due to the vaccination and the, and the anaphylaxis, just this. And this list totally disappears. And now when you are, we look at the adverse events reported uh, on the several uh, adverse uh, event systems in France, what we have, it's exactly and more what we have in this list in October 2020. So they knew that they will have several adverse events and nobody talked at that time uh, on, of this list presented during the FDA meeting. So now, uh, why? Because they were sure to have this, it was a small probability and uh, they didn't want to warn too much the population and uh, maybe they they would be uh, afraid to be vaccinated because of the list. So, so why? Yeah. And with these two points, you show that there is a, um, a will to mask things and the adverse events or the wane in immunity. Obviously, uh, we have seen this now. We can see this now. So. They, they have masked this during a while. And then, of course, uh, reality is reality. You can mask this during uh, two, three, four years. So in the reality, you observe this. You have a death, unexplained death. You have my myocarditis, a lot. You have thromboembolism, a lot. And now the, all the, the job is not to link the event with the vaccine. So now they say, oh, it's not related. No imputability of the, of the it's not proved 
that it is the vaccine, except for myocarditis, pericarditis, but for the rest, oh no, it's, it's not the vaccine. Oh, it's dead. Oh no, it's not the vaccine. So we have many unexplained deaths on young people. And uh, of course, uh, they go on with the speech. It's safe and it's efficient. So it's not efficient. <laughs> Everybody has seen this. And, and um, it's not safe. And um, the important point is that the transmission was not studied during the clinical trial. I don't know if you are aware of this. Transmission mm -hmm. is not studied. But it's not really a good uh, 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 issue because it is um, quite normal to have this in two clinical trials for vaccine. It's not the point that you don't study the transmission. The point is the communication. So if you say uh, the vaccine stopped the transmission, you have a communication issue. But it's not a problem for the clinical trial itself. You, you understand? You have the methodology and you have the communication. Okay. And you have Albert Bourla in September 2020, who said um, the vaccine stopped stopped the transmission. And here there is a lie. So it's it's not the problem isn't that they didn't study transmission. That's maybe not the that's not the baseline for clinical studies. So that's like that's a whole different argument of whether they should or shouldn't. The problem is, is they said they did. So yes, like exactly. So like this podcast, it doesn't matter that uh that I don't pay all of my guests because I don't make any money. That's fine. No early podcast can make money. The problem would be if I lied and said I gave every guest a thousand dollars. You're not required to give anybody money, but if you're gonna sit here and bullshit for years about you pay every guest and that's how you entice them to come on. That's fraudulent. Correct. So I guess why I said it's, and, and you're right, you know, we do need it to stick to our lanes. You are a biostatistician and uh, I'm just an idiot with a microphone. So I can't say what is and what is not a crime against humanity. It is, but the covering up, the conscious covering up, right? So let's just play absolute devil's advocate. Let's give Pfizer the most benefit of the doubt, which is gross. And I don't even like saying those words, but let's just pretend that they really were trying their hardest just for a mental exercise. Okay. They're scared because there's a pandemic. They put out the best possible product they could make. It's using a new technology. There is no time for clinical trials. The world's shutting down. They don't know if it's a bioweapon. We got to get something out now. Maybe there are some side effects. Maybe there is myocarditis, pericarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, blood clots. But maybe the studies show that it is a thousand percent preventing people from getting COVID. So some guys at the higher up go, this is going to look bad in a couple of years, but it's for the greater good of humanity and we can save a billion lives. Okay, let's let's play with that idea. I think it's all bullshit, yeah. but let's just let's play with that idea. Not only did they see all of these side effects, these adverse events, they also saw that there was waning immunization and that it didn't prevent transmission because they didn't even study it. So now you don't even have a noble lie, right? Maybe you, you have more, Tommy. Sorry, you have more. You have serious adverse events not reported into the, clinic, the well, clinical report. And that's more and, and that's where I was going is so not only does it, does it not work, you are also now covering these things up. And now it's been six months, a year, 18 months, two years. And now these things are coming out. You know full well that not only does it not work and the immunization is waning and the antibody levels drop, not only does it not stop transmission, you also now know full well that it is causing pericarditis, Mary, uh, 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 myocarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, clots, miscarriages. You know that it's it's transferring from a mother's breast milk to babies. You know mm -hmm. that it's it's causing destruction of the immune system, that you'll need boosters. You know all of these things are happening, and you're actively covering it up, and you know it's not working. That, to me, again, is at best fraud. And at worst, you are now firing people from their jobs, 
you are using psychological warfare. It's in the the, the recent FOIA request for the Department of and Homeland you, Security. You, you use fact checkers to do to yeah, well, not, not only that, the papers are now coming out or, from the Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Homeland Security to quote use late night hosts to ostracize and to humiliate those who would not get. I'm lucky. I'm my own boss. I didn't need to get the vaccine. I know a lot of people who had the choice of getting the vaccine or having a job and providing for their family. So now you are, even if we give them the most benefit of the doubt possible, which they don't even deserve in the first place, but even if we did, they have continually shown that nothing, there is no, there's not even a, a hint of an idea to pretend that's what this is for. It is purely a money grab, which is, I think this transcends, not only is it biostatistically fraudulent, and not only is it an affront to medicine and research, this is, this is an absolute, this is a, a mainstreamed, though efficient and not as brutal as warfare, this is a maiming and slaughtering of the population at large. That's what, and I'm not, and obviously I speak for myself, not for Miss Cotton, I yeah. put that out there. Those are all my words, not yours. But that is where this is going. So what what, the, what is the there to point, do? The point is that after the phase three results, uh, you have real life studies, what we call observational studies. And in two of these studies, you can find result, favorable result for the product. But if you look at seriously at the method of the this that is, uh, you often find that the methodology is bad. So your results, it's dec decreased transmission by 40% uh, uh, of uh, 50 or 60, or I don't know. So they, they are not trustable too. They, there is a, a fraudulent use of methodology. I don't know who are the biostatisticians who work in, in these kind of uh, studies, but the, the, um, uh, two months ago, I read the Lancet study on the pregnant woman. So pregnant women are not included in the clinical trial. They never uh, be in, included into the clinical clinical trial because they, they are protected, uh, they are protected population. But so in, in real life, uh, what they say is, uh, pregnant woman, you can go uh, to to uh, to be vaccinated. Go go uh, be vaccinated, but you don't have any result of any clinical trial on the pregnant woman. But you have real life study results, and in this they say, oh, there is no increased risk for pregnant vaccinated pregnant women. If you read seriously the Lancet publication on this, it's not true you have an increased risk uh, for preg vaccinated pregnant women compared to not vaccinated pregnant women. It, it is into the result, but it, not into the conclusion. So who writes a paper like this? It's, it's wrong. Your conclusion is wrong. And all the media, of course, take this, or you have no increased risk to be vaccinated if you are a pregnant woman. And there is a specific clinical trial on pregnant women. It is finished uh, for, uh, it was finished in July, I think, to, uh, 2022. And we have no results yet. Why? So oh, you, you are the immunocompromised patients. We are not included into the initial clinical trial. The frail patient with comorbidities were not included into the clinical trial. You, you didn't have any um, result on the interaction with other vaccine. And in France, what they say, it, you can have the COVID vaccine in the uh, left arm and the uh, flu vaccine in, in the right arm the same day, but you don't have any results on the interaction of the vaccine. So you don't know what the both vaccine in the same time uh, can can produce. You don't know, but you push people to have the both vaccine in the same time. So we, we are into a world of 
totally mad in, for biostatistician because biostatistician, you have uh, hypothesis, you have um, data, you have results, you have conclusions, and you see all this and you say it's okay. Uh, we have uh, efficacy or you, we have safety or, on, or not. But you can just comment on the population that are studied and not other. So you can, when you say pregnant to the pregnant woman, you can go uh, to the vaccination. Uh, don't be afraid. It's okay. There is no problem. This is a risk. You take a risk, but and the, you make people take a risk. You understand because you don't have any result. And I'm sure that at the time, uh, if uh, the um, the communication uh, had been, uh, we don't know, but uh, we think that it's better for you to be vaccinated. I'm sure that people uh, would would have. Uh, been vaccinated the same but in the communication it's not the same that's why there is this that's why you say it's a crime against humanity because there is a kind of uh, opacity of um, uh, a will to, uh, to 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 mask mask things and this is why we are very suspicious because um they try uh, so much to hide things uh, that now everyone is suspicious. We have the fourth dose, nobody wants the fourth dose. We have the fifth, nobody wants the fifth. Uh, the pregnant woman, I'm sure they don't want. In France, we have the uh, the smaller level of vaccination among, among the, fifth, the five, uh, 11 children. This is the smaller uh, level in France because pe people are suspicious because when they, they see that um, uh, there is no in effect on transmission, no effect, you, you can have COVID, you can uh, uh, give COVID to, to your family or, or colleagues or I don't know. Uh, so they see it in this in their reality. So now everybody's everybody's suspicious, and I'm sure that the vaccination rate will fall, will fall because nobody is going to 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 be uh, to to have the, the the fourth or the fifth or I don't know the the sixth. And uh, for me, it's over. It is finished. Because uh, with this um, will to cover up, as you said, they um, shot a bullet in, in in France. We say they shot a bullet in in, in the in the foot. Shoot him, yeah. Shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. Too much is too much. So now it's finished. It's finished in terms of people buying into it i don't think what is finished at all is people wanting an investigation into what exactly happened and i know that this wasn't necessarily pfizer this was more more so the u.s government the fda the cdc but there's another whole aspect to the crime against humanity everything we just talked about they know it doesn't work and that it hurts you then there's something that's a thousand times bigger than that. And it's the coordinated suppression of early treatment using drugs that have been around for decades that we have clinical trials on that show they it's the complete opposite of the vaccine. We know they don't hurt you and we know they work. Ivermectin, vitamin D, zinc, hydroxychloroquine, turmeric, curcumin, uh, uh, yeah, quercetin. We know these protocols work. Dr. Farid and Dr. Tyson, uh, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Urso, Dr. Merrick, Dr. Nass. We know from these, these clinically practicing doctors that have the hard data of 7,000, 8,000, 9,000. I mean, Dr. Farid was showing 100% efficacy from people as young as two years old to 95 years old, that this stuff, it costs like five bucks a day with no side effects. You'd get better. 
So we have this, it's almost like it's starting to, you're starting to realize that like, not only is it a crime that they're almost going out of their way to make it the worst crime there. It's, it's almost comical. If it wasn't so bad, you would almost laugh because you're like, hold on. You took a vaccine that hurt people and didn't work and covered up the bad stuff. And then you took something that did work and didn't hurt people and you suppressed the good stuff. I mean, it's almost like you see the little horns on their head. It's like someone who actively just that's why I get to the crime against humanity statement is like this is so beyond negligence and incompetence. This is conscious. This is conscious destruction. This is what happened after World War Two with the Nuremberg trials. You couldn't plea ignorance or arrogance. You knew exactly what you were doing. And like the Nuremberg trials and like just after World War II or Unit 731 in Japan, your brain almost doesn't accept it because it's too evil. But then once you find the second concentration camp, the third, the fifth, and you start to realize this is exactly what they meant to do. And like world, right after World War II, your mind at first rejects it and goes, that's wild. But as but we've the, now seen, the question to me is why, why, why all, all, all this? Why? This I can, question. It's the first answer that always comes to my mind is money, but I don't know if I buy that because there are easier ways to make money. I mean, you just corrupt a politician, you do a bank bailout, you do a fake war. America's been doing that for a hundred years. There's so much effort into this. We're not a relatively large. You go to war in Iraq or Vietnam, the defense contractors get a bunch of money. You're in, you're out, you get a trillion dollars, whatever. They're putting so much effort into this. It's like if I drove to Walmart right now, five minutes to go get to go get some Powerade. Okay, why did I go? I went to get some Powerade. If I drove six hours to another Walmart to get Powerade and came back, you'd be a little. You'd be like, why'd you go six hours away? Am I having an affair? Am I buying some drugs? Am I selling some drugs? Mm -hmm. Am I moving a weapon? What do you, why'd you go six hours? Mm -hmm. And it starts to, you go, why did they do this? Is this, is this an intentional program to hurt people? Is it a way of testing mRNA technology for the next hundred years? I don't know. And I, and I have to refrain myself from floating too far off into the conspiracies because I don't want to lose credibility with people. So I don't know. All I can say is this, whether it's money or something more nefarious, the fact is, regardless, it is happening. You don't need to worry about why it, well, you do need to worry about why it is, but you don't have to worry about, is it because Hitler wanted to kill everyone or because he was running experiments? It doesn't matter. The reality is, is it did happen. You don't need to find that. You can find the reasoning later. It did happen. And the problem now is that we have many injured people and we have to take care of them yes. and we have to find cure because I, I worked with um association of injured people and we have several uh, injuries uh, such as the neurological issues that are totally frightening, really frightening. And uh, they are young, almost women, uh, from 21 um, to uh, 50, uh, young, young women, uh, 70 or 80% of young women with neurological troubles in this uh, association. And it's, uh, and they are very, very bad, uh, bad health, very frightening. And it's scary because someday they, I am into a Telegram group, and when I read uh, or listen the messages, sometimes I say to myself, oh, "These people are going to die." It's frightening, and I I try to find solutions or doctors or I don't know or, or neuro neurologist. You say neurologist. Uh, people who can take, who can propose uh, something, but sometimes uh, there is nothing. They have tried several products for one year or one year or more, for fourteen months, and uh, they, they, they have no life uh, anymore. No life anymore. They're just uh, at home waiting uh, 
to find something to, to be better and it never happens. So, so it's very, uh, it's, very worried about these people. It's again, it's, it's yet another level of the crime is despite everything we said, there are now people who can't even talk about the fact they've been vaccine injured because they'll get banned from social media. They can't reach out. They're being, I mean, it is again, if it was a movie, you wouldn't believe it because it seems too comically evil. It seems like it's a little devil with horns that the Hippocratic oath to do no harm, to not to have bedside manner. It is no, you put them in a box, you call them an anti-vaxxer, you call them a science denier. You say you want to kill grandma. Yes. 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 And I've had a, I've had a woman on here. Um, she, she used to run marathons and it was like a competitive uh, like cross country biker. She has to she has to walk around her house with a with a walker now because she can't even walk. Her yeah. nervous her nervous system is so screwed up. Yeah. Her heart's so messed up, her circulatory system's ruined. And she can't even talk about it. She's not even allowed to talk about it. If she brings it up, it's oh you anti vaxxer, you want to hurt grandma. It is it is beyond evil to take these people who are hurt. Who are injured who are they're having seizures or they're having rashes or, or you they yeah they, they can't do any physical activity because they'll literally die because their heart can't handle it they can't they, work anymore they can't do anything yeah. and not only is that so bad if they even try to bring it up so that other people aren't harmed trying to do the right thing say hey don't get this they receive the brunt of the punishment so it's I, I don't know what else it could be other than a crime against humanity. It yeah, is because, so uh, beyond because evil. of the censorship, because all, all is very coordinated. The censorship, it puts you away and uh, they only share their problems between their group. So yeah. that's why they, they have groups because they can talk. It's, it's, there's, and then there's even another level to this. They have damaged the field of medicine and the patient-physician trust that has been so painstakingly built up over the last 15 decades that you trust the doctor. When I go to the doctor, I know that I know that the doctor doesn't care what my politics are or what my religion is or what my race is. Mm-hmm. I know if the doctor says, Mr. Kerrigan, uh, we need to do X or Y or you need to take this medication, I know I can trust them because this is a, a learned professional this is someone who who puts medicine and caring for their fellow human above everything else. They don't care what you vote for or who you are or what flag you fly. They're a human being who yeah. you're going to take care of. That's mm-hmm. now gone because when the very people you trusted are now peddling vaccines that are giving your five-year-old child a heart attack and then telling you not to question it, mm-hmm. why would you ever believe anything they say again? Why would you? But we have problems with the doctors because they haven't read the documents. They haven't read the clinical study reports. They haven't read the risk management plan. They, they haven't read anything. They, have, uh, they haven't read the, the authorities' reports on the adverse event. I'm sure if you go to your doctor, he doesn't know all the adverse events reported into the reports um, uh, put on the website of uh, authorities they, they don't read uh, this kind of documents so uh, they, they take their information on tv and we have media <laughs> and the that's the problem and uh, the media go on with the speech safe and efficient safe. it prevents from several cases and I don't know how we can, what we can do uh, to have a real speech, a truth speech from the media uh, with the recognition of the injured people. And, and then maybe with the recognition of injured people, we will have the um, cure, a uh, better uh, way to... Um, take care of them that we have now because it's awful for, for the injured people because the, the sometimes the the doctor says it's in your head uh, 
go go and see the psychiatric uh, psychiatrics tricks tricks psychiatrist Psychi psychiatrist psychiatrics so, uh, so it's not normal so, so they are uh, very uh, they, they, they feel very alone sometimes in their in their own family because people don't trust them yeah and, and the, the, the media are, are very responsible of, of this so it will be very important to to change the the, the speech on on the injuries because it's uh, it will change the life of these people so that's why every day i go go on fighting it's for them you well you have to you, yeah because if you see all of this and you don't do something you are just as bad as the people perpetuating it yeah. so so i i have no personal i have a biology degree i graduated the university of georgia i have a biology degree I used to love biology that that was over. That was nine years ago. It's obviously not the field I chose, <laughs> but I have, despite that, I don't have any real interest in COVID. I gotta be like, I don't, I don't care. I'd much rather talk about the cold war or space travel or aliens, but <laughs> I can't. Right. Yeah. I, whatever. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'd much rather do those episodes. Um, People, people have often said like, I'm so obsessed with COVID. I don't, I gotta be honest, I really don't give a shit about COVID. This stuff doesn't interest me, but I can't look at what's going on, see the writing on the wall, see what's going on, looking at historical precedent for this. I mean, late 1800s, early 1900s, bankers would buy up local newspapers so that they only said positive things about the bank. So you can see media manipulation. I mean, with thalidomide in the 60s, right? Was it the Department of Health? That secretary was crucified. And Kennedy eventually gave her like the Medal of Freedom or something because she was like, this is going to cause birth defects and it caused flipper babies. Uh, again, we see with Oxycontin in the 90s with the Sackler family, the Purdue family. We can see this again and again and again where this has happened before. We can see collusion. We can see that we can see suppressing of stories. We know how this works. So if you can see all of that and you are firm in your foundation and your logic is is you're just observing it. I, I'm not vested in it. I don't I'm not for or against Pfizer. I don't care. Yeah. But if my functioning mind can look at this, you know, it it's it's you're a bad person if you rape someone. But if I as another man am walking at night and I see someone raping someone and I don't look at it, I'm no better. And it sucks that I am now put in this situation. But as the author Mark Manson said, things aren't your fault, but they are your responsibility. So if the situation arises to where I see something going on and I see people getting hurt by this and I see the censorship and I can see the historical precedent for this and I don't say anything, I am now complicit. And that sucks because I didn't want to do any of this. But the reality is, is. It's it, it is your responsibility. If you live in World War II Germany, even if you don't care about the Jews, if you know you have a Jewish neighbor, it is your moral responsibility to put them in your basement or help them get out. You may not like that. It may suck. You may ask God why they put you in this situation, but it is your responsibility. So as you are pushing forward, I have to keep doing these episodes because if I don't, I'm no better than Albert Burl. Actually, I'm worse. At least he's making money. You know, if I'm going to shut up about Pfizer, hey, give me a million dollars, but I'm not even getting money to shut up. So, like, I'm worse than him because I'm not even making money. And it was my responsibility as a biostatistician who understands the clinical reports, who understands yes. the risk management plan, to understand all the process to uh, normally uh, run clinical trials to write this report. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I at the first the first place when I put the report on LinkedIn, the first visit I had it was uh, U.S. State Department. Oh really? Yeah. On your link on your LinkedIn or in person? On my LinkedIn, U.S. US State, State Department. Department. Yeah, that's good. So I said, oh, oh, oh shit. they are going to kill me, maybe. Oh yeah, no, they they might. That's they might they might kill me. They might kill Doctor McCullough. Uh, I don't know because um, no, I'm, oh, it's a, it's a joke. But um, uh, I'm, I'm uh, my my report is is into a poisoning lawsuit. 
uh, against, um, it's not really against Pfizer, it's against all the people involved in the process. So it's yeah. a French uh, health authorities. It's maybe the French Ministry of Health or may, so well, many people can be um, um, heard by the judge into this poisoning lawsuit. I don't know where we are now into the process, uh, if the inquiry started or not, but uh, my report is the main um, piece of, of this lawsuit. Listen, they they might kill you, but like, yeah, probably. But, but the thing is, is like you have to sit with that, and like I I say it half jokingly, but at the same time, you do have to go. What are what if they do? What if these people are so powerful and they're making so much money? How much would they actually care if Christine Cotton died on a bike ride, or if I went to buy my Gatorade and I got hit by a bus? You got to realize, not that much. They actually I don't, don't care. The bus anymore. They'll, they'll find you. When you realize that Coca-Cola hired mercenaries to slaughter a town in South America because they were resisting a bottling plant, and this was like 20 years ago, they will do this shit. This is not beyond them. But then you have to kind of, yep, eventually it dawns on you that you're going to die anyway. I'm 32. I would like to live till I'm 92. But ultimately... You're going out anyway, and it kind of comes down to, do I want to go the rest of my life knowing that I didn't say anything? Mm. And this isn't some romantic idea of I want to be a martyr. No, I would like to live until I'm 90. I would love to have a long life. I'm, I really like doing this podcast. I love working out. I like reading books. I really like my life. I don't. This isn't some martyrdom shit. That being mm. said, it is your... There's a there's a, a special forces uh military guy I know and he talks about um it's it's like uh in in like war history there's there's some special term for it I don't remember what it is but it's basically fate and it's um say we're about to get invaded tomorrow say it's the the medieval times and we're about to get invaded and the army is so much bigger than us we know we're gonna die you can you can run away. You can go cut your hair and put on a robe and go hide in a monastery. It may be tomorrow or maybe 10 years from now, you'll die in the monastery through some other, either the, either the army will invade the monastery too, or there will be some other monk there that doesn't like you and he'll stab you in your sleep. Fate is coming for you regardless. So it's like you can run away from this and pretend that it's not your fault. Fate will find you in one way or there's another great quote and it's fate is a blind hunter it doesn't care so like however you're going it's coming for you so you might as well stand up and hold up a middle finger to fate and say like well, you're not going to scare me you might kill me but i'm not gonna you're not gonna get me to beg and so and i know that sounds dramatic and it probably is again i hope it is i would like to live a long life but you have to sit with yourself and go all right, well, maybe this is just what I was here to do. Maybe that's the purpose of my... Some people are meant to be mothers and fathers. Some people are meant to be doctors. Mm. Maybe your whole purpose of your whole journey was to write this report. I don't mm. know. And maybe mine was to interview. Hey, maybe, I don't know. maybe. Maybe. It's, it's, uh, and now now we're getting off into like Buddhism and... Yeah, once it? I've finished, uh, I said to myself, oh, it's huge. I uh, would have problems for sure. Yeah. So I, I have problems on Twitter, so it's not too bad. Yeah. But uh, I've been harassed for months, but it's not really scaring. But um, what is important is to go on because um, to go on, go on the information for people, uh, they are aware of all the risk and to take care of dungeon people. We have to go on. We have no choice. Yeah, you're, you're right. And eventually you do put yourself in the the seat of why don't I want to do this? Because it's scary. So then, but do I want this to succeed? Do I want the bad guys to win? No. So how am I going to avoid the bad thing from happening if I don't want to do anything? Well, I want someone else to do it. Okay. So I can I can take a bodyguard, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But it's so it's too expensive for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually you have to realize 
if I'm going to sit here and hope for someone else to do that, how do I not know that that person is sitting there hoping I do it? So eventually it dawns on you that I got to do it. And you have guys like Dr. McCullough who have been attacked mercilessly over the last two years, but because they realized that no one else was doing it and you have to do it. And it's just, I'd rather know that I did what I thought was right. And yeah, I'd rather die knowing that. And you have to do this because the people getting hurt, they're from all walks of life. And they're people who thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were getting the vaccine to save society. You took advantage of the best people, people who said, I'm a little hesitant about this vaccine, but you know, it's my duty. I'm going to step up and do the right thing. You had people actually making a sacrifice for their community, the most noble thing you could do. Mm. And you did it and you gave them an enlarged heart with a bunch of scar tissue. They're now paralyzed for life and they still get COVID and they're not even allowed to talk about it. And they, they still have COVID and they have many COVID because they have uh, yeah. four, five, six, seven, sometimes for one uh, during one year. It's uh, terrible. So I wrote this also because I had time because I don't work anymore for pharmaceutical industry because I sold my company to 2018. So okay. I was free. Yeah. And uh, I I was free to talk. <laughs> and yeah. I don't have any uh, people uh, upside me to 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 try to that ah, don't talk. So. Um, that's why I wrote this, and and I hope it will help uh, justice and um, to to for the for the injured and uh, and if 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 the vaccine was just not efficient, it it would be uh, money loss. But the problem is really toxicity. Yeah, yeah. It's really disappointed. Why it's so toxic? So yeah. Um, yeah it's it, there's two different levels of it's like if the vaccine was your phone if your phone just didn't work or if it died after a month that would suck and you get angry but if your phone exploded and killed you that's a whole other level of like not only did it not work it yeah. killed me it blew my yeah. hand off and yeah. it's like well hold on exactly <laughs> so yeah. if it was a phone or, or pizza you yeah contamination of pizza it's oh Two two dead, uh, two two people died uh, from the pizza uh, yeah. uh, bacteria 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 bacteria. You say yeah. So uh, and, and this vaccine, it's so many injured people, and oh no, it's okay. Yeah, I guess. I guess the silver lining of all of this is that it doesn't have to all be for nothing. We can learn, ironically enough, this whole COVID experience of corruption, it can almost itself act like a vaccine for humanity at large over the next 100 years in that it stimulated an immune response. People started to question what exactly is it that the doctors are giving they started to question, how come I can't speak out against this? You know, when I draw on things like thalidomide or like Oxycontin or, I mean, the, the 1950s, right? The commercials with the doctors. I smoke Lucky Strikes. And it's like, I think he's, is that bad? We learn from those, right? We look back at the war in Vietnam or the war in Iraq. And we go, those were bullshit. And although there was an immense loss of life, we can maybe now go... Let's not jump into the next one. So there is something that we can benefit from. I don't know what it is. It might take 10 years. It might take 20 years. But this isn't all for nothing. We'll be able to look in the year 2040. Maybe there's a pandemic. Someone might go, hey, hold on. Look at this old podcast with Christine Cotton. No, 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 no. Hold on. The, the alarm bells are going off. And if someone's able to use that, to prevent a new generation of people from getting myocarditis, then that's good. That's not a bad thing. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just optimistic and maybe I'm the state department's going to kill us both. That's also a possibility. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I have no idea. 
<laughs> we will see. We will see. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, uh, Tommy. Yes, to... thank you for coming on. Thank you for putting up with me and my language. I tried to talk slow. I think so I got... sorry for my bad accent. Yo, your accent's beautiful. You have a beautiful uh, accent. No, Americans no. have gross. Uh, uh, no, no, French accent. It is beautiful. In America, no, we talk like pigs. We're loud. We're garish. <laughs> we're gross. We're just pigs. That's what we are. That's what this is. We're just loud and arrogant. But, you know, what are you going to do? So, well, Miss Cotton, I would love to have you back on this podcast sometime. And um, if you could send me the link to your Twitter as well as your report, and I'll put those in the description. I'm banned from Twitter, but you guys can still go follow uh, Christine and get all of the good misinformation about COVID and Pfizer. <laughs> and uh, you can you can join the resistance. It's and it's never too late to start doing the right thing. Yeah. Even if you were pushing the vaccine, you can still today, Saturday, October 22nd, 2022, you can today start doing the right thing and start saying, hey, I was wrong. I think these are hurting people. You can start today. doesn't matter what happened over the last three years. You can start today. So thanks. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for coming on here. I will send you this episode when it's uploaded and um, I look forward to doing another one with you. Okay. Christine. So great. So it would be very important to share this report. And yes, I'm going to add a small report, an update with the no effect on mortality, no effect on COVID mortality. And it's very important because this is the report of the Pfizer, it's yeah. Pfizer report. It's yeah. not figures that I'm doing myself. You it's Pfizer, yeah. Pfizer figures and results. Yeah. Hope so nothing to do nothing to to comment but this is the Pfizer results yeah okay well, please, please send Thanks. me a link to that and I'll put it in the description you guys can go check it out and um Christine thank you so much for coming on here thank you to me very much All right. thank you take care